And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Shane LeBaron. Let me give you some background on Shane. He is from Lincoln, Nebraska, played his college golf at both Oklahoma State and Methodist College in Fayetteville, North Carolina. After college, he played out on the mini tours for a bit before deciding teaching was really where his heart was at. He became the assistant golf professional at Blue Hills Country Club in Kansas City in 1998, where he learned under PGA Hall of Fame instructor Stan Thirsk. From there, he moved on to become the lead instructor at Shadow Glen Golf Club in Kansas. 2002, he moved over to Hilton Head, South Carolina, where he worked as an instructor at both Moss Creek Golf Club and Belfair Golf Club. He later opened his own golf school at Old South Golf Club in Bluffton, South Carolina, became the college golf coach at the University of Southern uh, South Carolina uh, Beaufort back in 2011. In 2012, he became the director of instruction at the Plain, uh, Plain Truth uh, Performance Center there in Wigwam Resort in Phoenix, Arizona. Like our friends Andy Trainer and Kevin Roman, Shane is a level three Plain Truth certified instructor. Now spends his summer as a director of instruction at Knollwood Country Club up in Lake uh, Lake Forest, Illinois during the summers and then goes back to Phoenix to teach in the winters. He's been nominated a few times by Golf Magazine as one of their top 100 instructors. Golf Digest voted him one of the best teachers in the state of Arizona back in 2013. Golf Digest has also nominated him twice as one of the best instructors under the age of 40. He's a Callaway Golf Master Staff Professional, and I'm honored he is here with me tonight on next on the T. Hey, Shane, thanks for coming on the show. Chris, thanks for having me on. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you, Shane? Talk, talk to me about what's going on out in your neck of the woods. We're teaching some golf. <laughs> That's we, uh, we, 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 we finally got some weather. The uh, June 19th, it was 48 degrees was the high up here in Lake Forest, uh, Illinois. Wow. And I was wearing a, a stocking cap and gloves teaching golf. But we actually have nice summer weather now. So that's that's helping that's helping the situation a little bit. No doubt. Shane, I, I really want to start our time tonight by kind of going back to the beginning of your time in the game of golf. I know your father was also a PGA professional. So was playing and teaching the game always sort of the game plan for you, or did you decide to get that go down that path a little bit later on in life? Well, I think, you know, I think like most kids, like when, when you get involved in the game of golf, you think, well, I'd like to be on the PGA Tour. Of course, wouldn't everybody. And uh, and if we were all as good as, as, as Kepka and the rest of the guys, we, we certainly would do that. But that's a pretty special thing to achieve. So uh, from the time I was in high school, I kind of thought teaching would be kind of where I'd land, you know. And uh, my, my stepdad is a club pro at a municipal course in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so I was fortunate to kind of uh, have a place to play all the time and, and be around his assistant pros, who I always looked up to, and and just just kind of fell in love with it. And, and truthfully, at the end of the day, uh, I've never really done anything else uh, other than be around this game, and I kind of have no other skills. So <laughs> I'm fortunate <laughs> to do what I do. <laughs> That's great. You spent some time in college at, you know, two pretty good golf programs, Oklahoma State and and Methodist College. So how does a kid go from living in Nebraska, 
to going over to Oklahoma State, which I imagine wasn't very popular with the locals there in Nebraska, and then ending up in Methodist over in uh, in North Carolina. Well, I wasn't over at Oklahoma State very long whatsoever. Uh, I, I quickly learned that uh, those guys are really good. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, you may not know this with the stuff that you found, but uh, I'm dyslexic. And I had a really difficult time in school. It was horrible for me. Uh, and so wow. school and I did school and I did not jive very well. And uh, so unfortunately, I didn't stay long enough at either place to really accomplish much of anything. Uh, but it wasn't until I turned pro and, and found a bunch of mentors to help me that really kind of guided my career along. And. And speaking of that, right? I mean, uh, kind of going back to some of the things I talked about in in your in your intro, right? You had the opportunity to study under some pretty darn good instructors, starting with Stan Thursk. Um, talk yeah. about some of the you know mentors that you've had and uh, places that you had an opportunity to really hone your skills as a teacher. It's it's interesting, you know. We, you know, I kind of I kind of stand on the shoulders of giants, and. Stan Thursk, I was a, an assistant golf pro at Blue Hills, and Stan Thursk was good buddies with a guy by the name of Bud Williamson, and he was kind of a Kansas City PGA golf legend, and he was an unbelievable player, Bud was, and those two would hang out, and Stan would come out and give lessons, and I'd, you know, he'd come out, and I'd say, well, Stan, can I, can I watch you teach, and at the, at the time, I didn't know, but he'd, he'd let me watch a few lessons, then he gave me this book, Swing the Clubhead by Ernest Jones. And I think earlier I alluded to the fact that I'm dyslexic, so I'm praying this book has pictures. Um, <laughs> but I would watch, I would watch Stan teach, and I kind of fell in love with his communication, the the art of what he did. Like there's there's two sides of teaching, right? You've got the the art of communication, the, the ability to motivate a student to to bring your point across clear, and so it makes sense to that individual the way they need it, and then you've got the other aspect of teaching, which is the technical side of it. And Stan was so good at the, the communication side of it, making his student feel great. Uh, if you got a, if he had a, a 30 handicap in front of him, uh, that 30 handicap felt like a tour star when they were done just because of the experience with Stan, which I always kind of thought was a great way to go about doing things. Uh, I was able to work with Gosh, I was able to go out and watch Butch Harmon teach. I kept bugging him. I'd send him emails. And finally, they allowed me to come out and watch Butch Harmon teach. And, and, and he was great. He had a, he had that same kind of deal that, that Stan had where he was able to, you know, break down any barriers, get the communication working, and then give them high quality information on top of it. Uh, I'd go see, uh, Hank Haney when I was out in, uh, Hilton Head. He was running at the time the IJGA, International Junior Golf Academy. And I'd go out there and I'd watch him teach. And he was nice to me because of my relationship with Jim Hardy. I think Hank worked, worked with or for Jim Hardy for many, many years. And so that kind of opened that door. And being around these guys and watching their ability to kind of diagnose the impact, get the ball flight correct, give the student the, the right information, and not only give the student the right information, but give it to them the right way, the way that that student needs it to see the, the success kind of happen pretty darn quick, if not immediately. So, Shane, you become head coach at the University of South Carolina Beaufort. 
And, um, you know, kind of going from being the director of instruction, you know, at some of the country clubs around the country to now being a college golf head coach. What was that transition like? What was it like being a part of that program? It was fantastic. We, um, it was interesting. So at the same time I was doing that, I was still at Belfair. So I balanced Belfair and that together at the same time. Uh, RAD was great at the time. And and brought me in, and, and we had a program that really hadn't gotten off the ground yet. And the boys' team was kind of – they were put together. I would, I would call them – they all kind of had a chip on their shoulder a little bit. A lot of them didn't get picked up by a school somewhere or were at a school kind of like me and couldn't hack it. And it was a, it was a, second, a second chance sort of thing, and they wanted to prove a point. And so it was uh, – the kids worked so hard, um, being part of what they did. We've, we've got, uh, I had, had two kids make it to a U.S. amateur. I had Reed Howard and John Pannone both play in U.S. amateurs and, and John Pannone went pretty deep in the north south one year and from a little school out of, out, out of the, out of the very bottom tip of South Carolina. That was, that was pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the girls team did fantastic. Uh, we had these, these kids and some of them really hadn't played much much golf to be, you know, to, to begin with. Uh, we had a girl on the team that was a, a softball pitcher in high school, and, and she played golf, but softball was the thing she was really good at. In fact, she set all kinds of state records for, for South Carolina and probably could have pitched at a number one a division or any one of the division one schools in the country that have a softball program, but decided to play golf. So she was a great athlete, and, and um, the girls were kind of, in our second year, they made it to the national championship, and that was that was kind of huge uh, because they worked really, really, really hard to get there. The boys got a lot of credit uh, for doing well. They succeeded. They won a bunch of tournaments, and I don't think we were ever ranked. I don't think we finished ever worse than about fifth at nationals for the NA. It was NAIA program with the boys, but for the girls to make it to the national championship their second year was a, just a huge feather in their cap. And, Probably one of the proudest moments of my teaching career, truthfully. And Shane, you mentioned Reed Howard quickly. And oh, by the way, Reed Howard is the son of actor and director Ron Howard. So what was it like teaching teaching Reed? And then was Ron ever around the program and get to spend some time with him? Absolutely. Uh, they're a phenomenal family. and They're a very tight family. Uh, Reed, Reed is a heck of a player. I think he's still trying to play. Uh, if I, if I'm correct. But yeah, his dad would come out. His mom would come out. Uh, they'd take the team to dinner. Uh, they'd hang out with us. It was funny when you go places. Of course, everybody wanted their picture with Opie, right? Um, people would come up to the table and it was funny. One night I, we, we were at a pizza place in Savannah called Vinnie Van Gogo's. Really great pizza spot if you're anywhere near Savannah area. The word this People keep coming up and saying, oh, Ron Howard, will you take a picture? Will you take a picture? And I said, I said, gosh, I said, you can't, you can't even have your dinner. I said, does that ever bother you? And he said, Shane, they're the reason I have the job I have. And I thought, well, that's wow. pretty cool. So he was, yeah, it is. Uh, he was, he was great to the program. Uh, Reed was good for our program. He played very well for us. Uh, it was nice to have that connection. And Shane, if you look at the, the 2010 season and, and your golf team, had a scoring average of 72.66, which was better than, oh, yeah. by the way, Oklahoma State's 
uh, scoring average, and they were ranked number one most of the year, right? Until they lost uh, Augusta State, Patrick Reed in the national championship game. But their their stroke average was seventy three point three one. You're at seventy two point six six. You get coach of the year. That had to be a pretty special thing for you. It was it was a great thing, and and uh, you know it. <laughs> I think the golf courses at Oklahoma State. The boys at Georgia and all those big schools are playing were a little more difficult than the ones we were on, but not to not to knock what our what our team did. They they could really really play, and um, you know it's it's because of them that I was able to get the award. Uh, I, I don't know, you know I, I I don't know without the the hard work of those kids that that anything that I did would have made would have made a lick of difference. But they they worked their tails off, and I'm sure proud of them. Shane, I had Andy Trainer on a couple of weeks ago, and Andy is a certified level three plain truth instructor, as is another good friend of the show, Kevin Roman. For our listeners, yep. refresh our memories about plain truth methodology and how you apply those principles to your teaching methods. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've been involved with Jim since 2005, so we're going on some time now. And... Um, most people kind of have a misconception, I believe, of what the plain truth is. They say, well, plain truth, uh, you guys all swing like Matt Kuchar, right? And, and it's what you teach everyone to do. And, and, and what's in those books, that just must be what it is. And that's, that's really not it at all. Um, we've got three levels of certification. And I think that uh, I don't mean to speak for any other teaching professionals out there, but or any programs that are out there on top of it. But, but I do believe that it's the best in the business. And we've got three levels of certification, levels one, two, and three. Uh, level one basically covers our basics, but trains you to start understanding how to, how to depict and, and, and be able to detail and nail in on impact and ball flight. What's the ball doing? Why is it doing? What did the club do to cause the ball to do what it did? That sort of thing. Um, kind of turns you into a, a human track man, which is, which is what Jim Hardy is, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> kind of turns you into a human track man, but allows you to, you start to understand everything from an impact and ball flight perspective backward. And then we start getting into kind of one and two plane stuff, but it's really got very little to do with understanding what one and two plane golf swings are. It has to do with impact and ball flight and then being able to do it under fire. So part of our certification program is if, like Chris, if you were joining us, which we ought to have you out to one of these. But if you were joining mm, us, love to. what we what we do is we have students that you've never met, and you've got a process to go through to fix the student. So you're going to do it live while you're being graded. You've never met the student. You don't know anything about them, but you've got to fix their impact and their ball flight. And you get graded and judged by how well that process is communicated and how how well that student responds to your information and how much better the impact gets. Uh, we have a... This is unbelievable. We have a blind, in our level two, we have a blind ball flight test. So you can't see the golfer, but you can see the ball flight. And we don't teach off the, the stock nine ball flights, if you will, because I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the truth of the matter is a chop chunk is a ball flight. It's just not a good one. But it's not listed in the nine, right? Uh, right. A shallow top and a, and a steep top. Those are two very different ways to top a golf ball but they're not listed in the nine ball flights. So we go off we go off 14 different impacts. And that being said, we'll have one of our students, not one of our students, but one of our instructors, usually Chris O'Connell, is hitting shots. 
and you can't see Chris, but you can just see the ball, so you know where the target line is, and you've got to be able to determine whether it's a heel push or is that a slice. And by the way, the two shots sound different. And a heel push looks an awful lot like a slice, but the correction for both of those are so unbelievably different. So as a student of the game, as an instructor to people trying to get better, if you don't know the difference between those two, if you've got a golfer who's hit heel pushes out to the right, and you go, oh, you're slicing it, you've, you've made them worse. Wow. So it's, it's really, really, it's really cool to see people go through the process. We've had some unbelievable people go through our programs. Uh, Jim McLean has a lot of his instructors go through our level one certification. Uh, Casey Martin, the golf coach at Oregon, has gone through it. Martin Hall is the level one. He's gone through the program. You know, obviously, we've got Kevin at Monterey Peninsula. We've got Bernie Najar at Caves Valley. We've got some really talented people that have that have gone through the program and had great success. And I think that these are things that they kind of utilize throughout their entire career. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, Jim Hardy is kind of kind of my hero to say the least. And and what he's done for golf, what he's done for me personally, but what he's done for golf and roughly 500 certified instructors across the U.S. and the U.K. is really give people access to great instruction that when you go see one of these instructors, you're going to get a quality golf lesson, not one of those golf lessons that says, you know, you're going to get worse before you get better. Or, you know, don't go, don't go play golf for two weeks. Just go to the range. Well, you know, law of averages, you go to the range for two straight weeks and don't play golf. You're going to figure out something that works. Doesn't mean that I said anything that's worth a damn. So <laughs> we, we, Good point. we, we don't want that. We don't want that to happen to our students. And so uh, I'm very proud to be part of the plain truth. Uh, uh, Jim Hardy is not not only a dear friend, he's kind of a father figure, and uh, it's a wonderful organization of of great great people that have very very little ego, and in this business and in the golf business or in heck in the, in the world in general, that sometimes is a hard thing to find, and I don't think you'll find a more open minded, welcoming group of people. They're just wonderful. Shane, just a couple more before I let you go, and. Um... On your website, and uh, for the for our listeners, ShaneLeBaronGolf.com is the website. You talk about performing under pressure that um, I, I think is something that a lot of us struggle with, it, whether it's we're just going out and playing our, in our member guest tournament or we're playing in a local event and on up through uh, the different levels of the tour. How do you talk to your students about how to deal with playing pressure? Well, there's, there's two ways to, to kind of talk about it. You've got the the technical, physical side of it, then you've got the mental side. Uh, for the mental side of it, uh, I don't think it's good to to run away from the stress. In other words, you know, they call your name up to the first tee if it's a big event, if it's a junior event, if it's your club championship, whatever it is that's important to you, when they call your name to the first tee, you you feel the thunder. You, you know how that works. And and the idea is is that you you want to make sure that you don't run away from that feeling that you want to use it that you have that feeling because you're capable of actually accomplishing what's in front of you. If you didn't have that feeling, that means you're not very good and <laughs> you're not talented enough to achieve what's set out in front of you to begin with. So you want to take that feeling and you want to, you want to use it to your benefit on the golf course. Uh, the second part of it is, is the physical aspect is, will it hold up? Will what I do hold up? And if, if what I'm doing isn't working, am I smart enough with my own golf swing? to know why my impact and my ball flight aren't working today and can I correct it after a swing or two versus, and, and everyone's been there, and I can include myself in this, you finally get to 17 tee box and hit the one you've been looking for all day. You know, meanwhile, the 16 holes previous are now wasted. 
you don't want that to happen to a student. Good players can figure it out. They understand their ball flight. It's our job as instructors to make sure that our players are equipped with the right information to, I don't want to say immediately, but I would love to say the word immediately, correct whatever wrong is going on within reason immediately without having to, you know, chase things around and, and, and try to try to figure it out. Hopefully tomorrow's better sort of business. Shane, you offer online coaching. Let our listeners know about that, plus how they can also follow you online and on social media as well. Uh, you can catch me at, uh, at LeBaron Golf on, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, you might see a lot of my dog on Instagram, but, uh, but you'll <laughs> catch me on both of those. Uh, if you go to ShaneLeBaronGolf.com, uh, you can sign up for online lessons. Uh, oftentimes with my online lessons, you know, I, years ago I went out to, uh, about four years ago I went out and filmed a bunch of videos over at, at Callaway at the Performance Center. Really cool place if you've never been. It's really, really neat. Filmed a bunch of videos with drones and, and I kind of thought that the people that were going to sign up for these lessons would be the typical lesson, the guy who's shanking or the guy that can't make the short putt or someone who needs more distance and, and kind of those basic things. And I filmed all these videos, about 35 of them, thought this would be cool and I'll have these online lessons and I'll send them out. And and the videos didn't really apply to the people that were contacting me. So literally what I will do now is anyone that signs up, they put their video in, they send me the video, I open it up, I have a look at it, and then I have them call me and we start talking. <laughs> and, and so I teach all day. And then when I get home, I see what videos I've got. And then I get on the phone and I talk to those people about their golf swings as I'm looking at their video and they're looking at it. So we we just kind of talk about it together. I think it's better than kind of being generic and, and emails and that sort of thing. Sometimes that stuff doesn't come across right. So that's been the recent change I've made as far as it relates to the, the online lessons with Shane LeBaron Golf. And I think people like it. You know, they kind of get shocked when I say, give me a call, and I give them my cell phone number, and then I answer when they when they call. Um, <laughs> talk about their wow. swing. And then occasionally I'll video my own video for them and send them a text. And so this, this is what relates to you. This is why your three wood will not get off the deck. This is the issue that you're having, and this is why, and here's what we're going to do to fix it, and here's a drill. I hope you like the video. And then ship that off to him in a text, and we just kind of keep it open communication going, which is, which has really been good. I really kind of enjoy it that way. Shane, so much more I'd like to get into with you. I, I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime soon. You've been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. Well, Chris, I appreciate it, and, and, and thanks for being good to our Plain Truth guys. I really appreciate what you're doing there, and, and thanks for promoting golf and, and being uh, uh, being a fan of golf instruction. I love it. Well, I appreciate you very much. Thank you, Shane. Take care, my friend. I look forward to catching up with you, like I say, again real soon. In between now and then, all the best to you and your family, Shane. Best to you, Chris. I appreciate it so much. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you, Shane. You too. Thank you. That is Shane LeBaron, L-E-B-A-R-O-N, Shane LeBaron. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, folks, so much great content there and so much more to get into with when, when you're talking about the instruction that he does and the, what, the things that he does with his students and, and the, the plain truth methodology. And I really love that fact that, you know, how engaged he is with video and with his students. So you don't have to be out, whether it's in Illinois or in Arizona. 
you can send him a video. And, and like you said, you know, that I love that. He'll actually answer the phone. He'll give you his cell phone number and he'll actually answer the phone. So uh, I think it's a great thing. Please go online. ShaneLeBaronGolf.com is his website. Go on there. Check that out. Sign up for those video lessons. I think you're going to be amazed at the great things that he's going to be able to do to help you with your game. 